1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shape of Work podcast and today we have with us Sara Stechit from Croatia joining us for this episode. She's working as a talent acquisition specialist for Memgraph. Thank you, Sara, for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me, Archit. It's great to be here. We are so glad to have you. So just to give some sort of background to our listeners, could you please take us through your career journey so far?
0: Yeah, sure. So I'm Sara. I'm working as a talent acquisition specialist in Memgraph. I'm from Croatia. I already said all of that. And that's actually where I got my master's degree in psychology. As a student, I did a lot of different things, and a lot of them were in sales and marketing direction. And actually, that's how I came to my current company. I started as marketing assistant at Memgraph. And that was very interesting, uh, something new, something very technical. So it was challenging to learn all about it. I really liked it. And then as it goes in startup, you're never working only on one thing. I slowly made a transition to do more of a HR assignments. And when the company raised our seed round, we needed to start hiring more frequently. And that's when I jumped to focus more on recruiting. I've been here for a couple of years and it's been an amazing experience to build something from ground up. So right now I focus on recruiting, hiring, employer branding, operations, everything needed on the people side.
1: Awesome. So, do you like this transition from working as a marketing in the marketing team, and now suddenly coming on to all the HR-based operations?
0: Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, marketing was actually a student uh, job. I wanted to try something new, something else, and uh, it, as I mentioned, it was interesting. But uh, overall, my passion is in the HR and recruiting direction.
1: Amazing. So, you mentioned about your the organization that you're working with, which is Memgraph. Could you please tell our listeners something about it? What, does the organization do? Uh,
0: sure. Uh, Mangrove is open source graph database, a platform for doing graph analytics on real-time streaming data. We are headquartered in the UK, uh, but working fully remote and hiring across Europe. So it's a very technical company. Our customers are actually developers, data scientists. So the main thing we're looking for is a technical background uh, or experience with working at the software companies okay
1: so you're working with them as a talent acquisition specialist so what are your expectations when it comes to acquiring talent
0: Mm -hmm. yeah besides technical background the really important thing is previous startup experience because it helps if people understand what it means to be working in a startup basically everyone wears multiple hats and you often have to step out of your immediate role There are people who enjoy working in that kind of environment, but there are also ones who don't, which is completely fine. But we're just trying to find those who prefer this kind of setting. And comparing that to the bigger companies, especially corporations, when there is more structure, a lot of processes, here we are looking for people who will be proactive, working on different assignments, always be ready to change direction when needed. So. Basically, adaptability and flexibility are the big things we're focusing on in candidates. And yeah, it's uh, also important to find people who love remote work and, or at least don't mind working from home. Yeah,
1: true. So it's sort of like, you know, some sort of jack of all portrait because I think that's the beauty of working at a startup. You get to do so many things and you get to learn at the same time that when you actually step out, you know most of the things and how does an organization in a wholesome environment works.
0: Yeah, exactly. We we focus more on generalist at the moment than just. It's uh, not so great to have only uh, people who are specialized in something. I mean, uh, in the end, you do need uh, like I don't know SOE specialist or something uh, which is very specific. But at this moment, you really need someone who can jump in from different tasks, different assignments. Uh, uh, of course, in the same department, we don't expect marketing to code or anything, but uh, just to, to find people, as you mentioned, jack of all trades.
1: Yeah. Sure. So now moving on to what's happening in the industry, what's cooking up. So currently everybody's just talking about digital transformation. It has sort of become a buzzword, as we say, that, okay, everything is just going digital. Mm-hmm. And how do you think it is going to shape the future of HR industry? And especially when it comes to acquiring talent, do you think that digitalization or technology is going to take over when it comes to acquiring right people for the mm-hmm. right jobs?
0: I think uh, it will definitely, especially in tech companies such as Memgraph. When you have a lot of technical people, people with great digital knowledge, uh, they're expecting you to be up to date and you have to be able to keep up to make them satisfied. If you think in terms of employee experience, people are so used to, to new modern technologies that they wouldn't be very happy to, let's say, fill out some paper forms if the same thing can be done more than faster and more efficient using the same some digital tools. And same goes for hiring. The automation of various HR processes is definitely growing. There are more and more AI programs for tracking candidates, applications, screening candidates, communication with them, and so on. And more and more new tools are also used for onboarding processes. For example, we had virtual reality and stuff like that. I think HR processes within IT companies are definitely being digitalized, not only because of the employees or candidates, but also because it can make our life easier, save us a lot of time and effort, which can be put to a better use, direct to something more meaningful and probably more interesting. For example, one of the best buzzwords is definitely chat GPT, main topic yeah. everywhere in all of the industries across the world at the moment. So yeah, I think we shouldn't run away from it uh, and just pretend it doesn't exist. There were already some research. I read somewhere uh, that a lot of candidates actually used chat GPT for writing CVs and cover letters and that it actually got them better response rates from companies. But still, there were some situations where they were disqualified because of the using AI, using the technology. And I don't think that's the right direction. We should accept it and probably think we better more convenient ways uh, for people to present themselves for open job opportunities. Uh, Same as a lot of recruiters and HR people agree that cover letters are outdated. Of course, in some cases, you can still use them to your advantage, but overall, we shouldn't be mad at candidates for using AI. After all, is it so much different than having a friend helping you write your job application? And yeah, on the other hand, from the recruiter's perspective, it can help us with time for writing job description. It can help us with brainstorming, generating ideas, and so on. And regarding technology, one other thing is that hiring and HR is becoming more data-oriented. A lot of strategies are data-driven, which wasn't always the case, but it's great because the use of metrics and analytics can, in your work, helps you eliminate all the speculations and biases. That's also where different tools, different softwares can be of huge help. True.
1: And here, I'm just going to deviate a little bit and because you said <laughs> that, you know, a lot of recruiters now feel that cover letters are outdated. What's your take on it considering you're an international organization and you've been hiring across the globe, I mean, in many parts of Europe as well. So what is your take on it?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Actually, on our application, we always leave the place for uh, candidates to write a CV letter if they want it. Usually when you have let's say, straight career path. So if you're software engineer, then applying for a software engineering position, I don't really think that it's necessary to write a cover letter. It's quite self-explanatory, but I think it can really help you where you get, let's say, not so such a straightforward application. So you were working in marketing and now applying at sales. Uh, this is your chance to explain why. Uh, maybe you've done some... Uh, there are Oftentimes when people uh, you talk to people on the introductory call and you learn about their side projects or something amazing they've done and you've never seen that in the CV. I'm not sure why. <laughs> uh, people maybe don't think it's relevant. Uh, they forget to write it or something. So this is your opportunity to... Let recruiters know what is your actual motivation. It doesn't have to be formal. You don't have to copy-paste all the template as before. Just write it as you would say it in uh, in the first call, in intro uh, call with the recruiter. Uh, why would you like this position? And do you have some skills... Uh, you learn outside immediate job Also, maybe explain that your current role is marketing, but you did more of a sales because I don't know, it was a startup or something like that. So I think it still can be very useful, but it's not necessary. And especially if it's very formal and you see it's copy paste from somewhere, uh, then it doesn't make much sense to uh, put it in the application very
1: accurately put through and i hope i mean because there's been a lot always some sort of confusion when you're applying for a new job you know whether i should write a cover letter or not is it going to work in my favor or against so it's always a good idea to you know have First I, I don't
0: believe it's ever going to be against uh, uh, your favor. Don't worry about that. Except if you write the wrong company name, which yeah. happens quite often, or the r- wrong uh, job title, it says that you didn't do your research, you don't care for details. But if you write anything, uh, it can only do you a favor, but it's not necessary. Nobody's going to, probably a lot of people will not uh, take it on you because you didn't write the one.
1: True. So since you've been working with Memgraph for more than three years now and the capacity of a talent acquisition specialist, and you know the nuances of it. So what is your take on building soft skills and you know leadership abilities to nurture tomorrow's talent? I mean, if you mm-hmm. look within your organization or otherwise.
0: Mm-hmm. We're actually working with a lot of students uh, we have internship program and we're trying to make it as hands on as we can so they can experience and learn things that they don't have the opportunity to see on the university and during the program they have ownership of one project and the idea is to have something comprehensive in the end so they can use it for their portfolios githubs whatever and on the other hand they're also coming in contact with let's say business world <laughs> uh, learning to manage their time calendars and uh, similar and that's a quite interesting thing. And we're also trying to have them build their soft skills as well. So students mostly don't like it. But after finishing this whole project, they have to write a blog post about it and uh, how, what did they exactly do. We post that on our website later, later on and then have to hold held the whole presentation in front of the company. So it turns out that to them, it's more stressful to write and present the small project, the small piece of content that actually build the whole complicated application and program it. And that's exactly why we're doing it. We're trying to develop their writing uh, and communication skills as well as the technical skills. And especially in this remote setting, uh, there's a big emphasis on communication skills. Usually people thank it for granted as something that everyone knows how to do. And in reality, it's really not true. It's also a skill you need to work on and develop. And... Also, when there is no office, most of the communication happens online and it's in written form. So it's important to keep the information open and public. That's actually one of our values uh, to communicate openly and honestly. So those skills are something we value and try to develop not only for students, but that's also how we choosing uh, candidates and if you're going to hire someone in the first place. And uh, yeah, besides that, as mentioned, we were uh, working completely remote from a couple of different countries. And luckily today, there's more and more excellent technology for collaboration. But even with that, we believe that creating in-person connection is irreplaceable. So from time to time, we organize company-wide gatherings, Ober said, company retreats to make sure that people get a chance to meet their colleagues. And uh, that also helps them develop some soft skills.
1: Soft skills are actually very important, especially in today's time, because, you know, as you mentioned, then most of the organizations or most of the work has now become, if you're working remotely, then it's just written. And if you don't know how to write an email in a proper language and, you know, with accurate uh, words, then it could be a little difficult for you to manage things. So, which is amazing. And obviously, since you're starting at the the student's level, so probably they'll get, they'll have more to acquire, from more learning to imbibe. So, as we also say that employees are the best, you know, resource of an organization, but at the same time, they also happen to be the toughest critic in an organization and since you're working in the hr department it's a startup so do you have like a sort of feedback mechanism in place where you know your employees can highlight they have any sort of issues and also at the same time all the good things should also be highlighted as we say
0: Mm -hmm. yeah we're trying our best to nurture the company and the culture of giving and receiving proper feedback i think that's something equally important for bigger corporations as well as for startups uh in startups it can be easier because there are less people and communication at is shorter, but this doesn't mean that it's something that comes naturally to people without proper framework. Uh, So like most companies, we have uh, 360 performance reviews. We started very early couple of years ago when everybody in the company is participating. So even the founders are being evaluated and given feedback. And that's one of the most elaborate ways where we collect feedback or better yet force people to give feedback to everyone, even themselves. And the other thing we have in place is software for employee engagement. It's called Lettuce. It's also a good example of where technology helps in everyday life of the company. And as a part of this tool, uh, there is a dedicated place for people to give feedback to anyone in the company. And the good thing is that you can keep that feedback private. So only for a person you're giving feedback to make it visible only for the manager of that person or you can make it public and our employees use it quite often mostly for praises and shout outs Uh, it's also connected to slack so there's notification for everyone to see uh, and it's kind of fun when you get a good feedback positive praise and everyone sees it and to make it easier and more direct the feedback can be connected to specific uh, company values so i think it's easier to give someone feedback if you have a starting point It's always easier to give feedback about something positive, but uh, even though it's easier, people still often forget or just don't do it. So tools like this one make it more easier and more approachable to employees to give feedback. And regarding the other part of the question, yeah, I, I think companies should be consistent and create culture of feedback with top-down approach. So starting with managers, team leaders, uh, setting example, and with educating everyone about best practices to give uh, and receive feedback. We had workshops at our last company retreat to help people with the first steps and make sure everyone had the place to practice the best ways to do it. And uh, yeah, startups can easily gather everyone in the company in the same room. So really, they should make sure they organize something similar to get things going. And then later on, find the best ways to work uh, for their own company to keep people engaged and wanting to share their views and opinions.
1: Awesome. So, you know, as we move towards the end of this podcast, my last question would be a sort of generic question since you've been working in this industry and obviously. So how do you see the future of HR unfolding? You know, when you see it from from a TA specialist point of view, how can we manage to create a pipeline of talented employees, you know, in a sort of situation where their expectations are also being met, where employees are being valued and they have a sense of belongingness to the organization? Mm
0: -hmm. Oh, Yeah. I think we mostly talked about how the future is digital. Obviously, uh, technology, we need to adapt to it and learn how to use everything. We have at our hands to our advantage. And from my perspective, I also think that remote work is here to stay. We've seen a lot of companies going back to the office, but from talking to candidates, I see that's not something people are happy about. There should be some balance and ultimately people should be the ones deciding where they want to work from. And the other thing I really like that uh, we started talking about mental health more freely and more openly. And I believe it's just the beginning. Uh, in the future, we should keep having that discussion. There is more and more companies listing benefits such as in-house counseling or therapy or different budgets for providing support to employees. And I think it's great. It's very important. And the IT industry is really the leader here, but I'm also starting to see the other industries following into the footsteps and start noticing mental health as a part of the whole well-being package. Same as, I don't know, gym membership, healthy lunches, physical checkups, and everything else that is already pretty standard for companies to offer and uh, yeah the other part of the question was how to meet needs and expectations of employees i think the biggest part here is very personal very individual approach to each person in a startup that's much easier uh, to do. But HR is not the same as before. Uh, it's not just a department that takes care cares of employee records and administration. We moved away from that function. So we also need to move away from one-size-fits-all approach when talking about employees. We definitely need to have structure and I'm not saying we shouldn't have any rules or something, but I really think that we need to look at each person individually to learn about what motivates them, what they want, and that's how we'll avoid generalization and meet the needs and expectations and um, one way how we are trying to do that is having flexible budgets flexible benefits so for example people get personal budget instead of offering one option for everyone but by having that dedicated budget we are keeping it fair so uh, everyone get the same amount of money but it's personalized approach because for example someone can use it to buy some educational resources books uh, but on the other hand the other person can use it to buy subscription to meditation app sus- subscription to their favorite newsletter or something like that uh, sometimes it's, it's hard to manage it but it really does make a difference and helps to create a better overall work experience
1: Awesome. Thank you, Sarah, for for sharing your amazing point of view. I'm sure our listeners would agree that, you know, everything that you said makes so much sense. So thank you for joining us. Thank (laughs) you. And I hope we cross the path again very, very soon on more such episodes, on more such fun things. So
0: thank you. Uh, Thank you, Archit. It was great talking to you.
1: Likewise. And thanks to our listeners for joining and tuning.
0: Bye.